and welcome back to the Keeping It Together podcast. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Alyssa, and welcome to episode 3.17. I'm still really embarrassed from that burp earlier. (laughs) I wish it was was recording. It was on demand. Uh, Um, I mean, we can jump right into it, because I feel like that's going to be my struggle today. But even before that... (laughs) Welcome, guys. It's the holiday season. We're coming off our last holiday episode, and it's officially December, which is really weird. Well, right now, technically in real time for us, it's not December, but it's December now when this comes out. It's, I feel like I blinked and it was the end of the year. Yeah, me too. It was just very, like, odd how quickly this moved, but I, again, I think it's because I literally do the same shit every day with no end. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like you haven't really had anything to look forward to as far as, like, plans, like concerts or, you know, vacation, vacation, kind of trips or events. I think, I think that's a part of it, but, like, my days are basically the same. I don't, you know, I wake up, I get out of my bed, I go work out outside, then I come back home and I literally sit on my couch and work. Whereas like, I feel like if I were in an office or there was something like an in-person work situation, you know, random shit can happen. There's free food. There's something going on outside. Like there's a street performer or something like it just feels so mundane that I think because of that, that's why this year literally passed by. Yeah, I feel that. It's weird, but we're here and we're doing the damn thing. Um, we have a great episode in store for you today the next couple episodes are really gonna be a look back kind of at this year in a sense yeah a little bit if you really think about it yeah i guess you could say so to to a degree i know we've done this every year that we've recorded at this time of year and we thought this year should be no different um there is a lot to look back on i think surprisingly more than we thought as much as we're looking ahead to next year and ending this shit show I think there's still a lot of good shit to talk about. But before we get into that, you know what time it is. What's your struggle? It's getting really good and in sync, and I'm really proud of us. It's more so like, okay, ready? And I'm like, all right, I'm here. Let's do this. (laughs) I mean, it it helps when we're in person doing it versus like trying to do it over a screen and whatnot. But yeah, anyways, um, I can go first this week. Go for it. So I was... Earlier, as I mentioned, I was really embarrassed from a burp, and it was only because it was literally on cue. Before we record, we always do a mic check, and we always have to say something or do something, you know, just kind of talk, shoot the shit. And I was drinking a Diet Coke before, and any time I drink a carbonated drink, any single time, seltzer, White Claw, Truly, Diet Coke, I burp, like, within five seconds. It just is the way it goes down. It's what happens. And our technician today was like, yep, go ahead, say something then to the mic. And it was like on-demand burp, like on cue. And like one of those good loud ones where it's like filled with body and you're like, wow, I burped. And I just don't like being put on the spot like that, okay? I don't mind being put on the spot for anything else, but my bodily functions, I don't like that being put on the spot. You were doing a sound check and it just, it just happened. It just happened. And it was, I don't know. It was a moment. Anyways, not that good of a struggle, but (laughs) it's fine. Anyways, what's your struggle today? Uh, What isn't my struggle today? (laughs) That's even more of a, that's a better question. Um, But okay, I guess I would say Sabrina went for a COVID test round two, except this past week. Because I was getting my COVID test along with what seemed like every single other person in New York City. I, in total, think that it took me 
out of the two times that I attempted to go get my COVID test, it took like nine hours. Wow. In total wait time. Yeah, because Tuesday was me getting up, ass crack of dawn, going well, and waiting outside. Because this episode is in December, when did you, when were you taking your uh, test? Leading uh, the week of Thanksgiving. Mm. So, you know, you saw outside of any city MD or any urgent care center in New York, you saw a shit ton of people out getting their COVID tests. And of course, I had to go get a COVID test last week. So, um, which like, is like mildly terrifying how many people were outside in line waiting for a test. Yeah. And like, so, uh tuesday took me about uh, six hours i waited outside in this very slow moving line and i didn't even get to go and get my covid test done because i had to leave to go to work so that was very distraught Alyssa saw me come back to the apartment i cried in frustration a little bit she's like calm down it's okay um and then uh wednesday wednesday i tried a different place and it took me three hours from wait time to getting my test results done luckily everything's negative yeah. everything's fine but it was just frustrating how long i had to i had to wait and then i was also like well damn what about these people who are trying to come to the urgent cares that aren't getting a covid test yeah you would think that there'd be more pop-up locations just for testing instead yeah. of just going to an urgent care or a hospital i mean i do get it does need to obviously be done in a medical center where there's a lab but you would think that there would be a better science to getting people in and out when it comes to those COVID tests. That's something that I I um, haven't seen kind of evolve yet. I haven't seen that change or transition happen. It's, it definitely needs to because this, this can be a direct reflection on how the uh, pandemic has affected our medical system where it's so overrun yeah. by COVID where these other situations where people are sick, like you, you go to the urgent care, you might have like, the flu or you might have like a uti or you might have something wrong with you or you get into a car crash well, or you, you are allowed to skip the line if you are um if you're not getting a covid test and you are also coming in for something like urgently like that like something like strep something like the flu okay you, you are able to skip the line for that well yeah but i mean what i mean is that you know our medical care systems are so overrun by covid related things that people who have other situations that happen to them other emergencies medical whatever you know they're not getting the best care that they need to get because there's all the covid stuff going on does that make sense it does but i do think um what a lot of doctors are trying to go more towards is telehealth i mean i see ads all the time now for Let's say you have I saw I, this was actually the ad itself. It said, let's say you have an ear infection and you don't want to go to a hospital or an urgent care because you're afraid of contracting COVID that way. You can list out the symptoms. And now there's like different ways where you can like take pictures of stuff or have a doctor diagnose you if it's something as simple as that. Yeah. Obviously, this is not to say you know, don't, if you have the flu, that might not be the best way to get a prognosis, but there are more advancements that are coming and a lot of evolutions of how industries are flexing to this new style of life, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. I think that's a perfect segue. Yeah. Look into at that segue. It. I didn't even that, try. I think that's perfect. And I mean, yeah, I think medicine in general, we've seen a lot of different telehealth, whether it's with a medical doctor or, I mean, I guess, yeah, psychiatrist is medical doctor. You have your therapist well, as well. Even before this time, Talkspace was the only 
um, therapy company that did virtual, right? Like they were the only ones who did that. And they started like two or three years ago. But now almost any therapist will do virtual sessions, things like that. Yeah, I will say... My girl, my therapist, she uh, she she did have a, a virtual option that I had only used maybe like a like a handful of times mm. pre pandemic because the schedule was just too busy. It was too it was going to be too much to get to her office and then have all the other things that I had going on. Yeah, so it was easy to just you know sit in the apartment and you know give her a call for the session. Um, but I mean. As soon as the pandemic hit, it immediately switched to that. So people were kind of forced to change very quickly. And I think before we start talking about industries, because I know we want to talk about our own and and the changes that have happened there. But I do want to, like, backtrack a little bit. Right. Because pre-pandemic era, a lot of people did not like change. A lot of people were resistant. Um, I know you're one of those people. Yep. And I'm I'm not. I'm the very opposite. I'm like, if there's a new way to make something better and easier for me, I'm going to go and do it. But before there was this huge fear when it came to change and also the speed at which change would happen. If something was a more gradual change, people were more I inclined to do it, uh, at least from what I've seen in my own experience. But we've been put in a situation where we can't actually fight change anymore. We have to go with it or we get left behind now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something really interesting to look at, especially with our generation because our generation has always kind of had to been go with the flow. And from what I've seen from talking to people, a generation above me and a generation below me is that the generation above us, I feel like has had an issue with all of the changes and are still trying to fight it, especially when it comes to regulations, when it comes to advancements in technology and the way that, that this whole pandemic has kind of treated us. I don't know about your parents, but I've seen my parents been very resistant to a lot of the changes that are going on now. I mean, my mom's loving the fact that she gets to stay home with the dogs all day and not have any guilt trip of not, you know, going out and doing things. Don't get me wrong. She loved hanging out with her friends before, but there's something about her on the couch and just sitting with the dogs that she just loves a lot. Um, They haven't had any direct complaints. I mean... My dad, the little social butterfly he is, has to has had to um, restrict himself, um, especially because one of their friends did uh, test COVID positive. So, you know, they have to really, you know, really reevaluate who they're seeing, how they're spending their time. Um, but I mean, they've they've just kind of been going with it. I don't know. That's good. See, that's a great example. You do kind of just have to go with it. Yeah. Um, but I think we've talked about it before in so many other episodes before just like the aspect of change i've always had the stance of like why are you gonna fight it when eventually it's just gonna happen to you anyways type of a thing um but i'd love to hear from you kind of like because i don't understand it i don't and i want to understand it for people like what is the resistance to change for me it it has been that in the past years i've had a lot of uncontrollable changes not to say that change can totally be controllable, but it has been like a lot of extreme changes for me. And to have all these like extreme changes happen to you at once, it is a lot to handle. It is oh, kind of sure. it is kind of heavy. Um, but I mean, I also understand that the only constant is change. Change is necessary for growth. I know that uh, the person that I am sitting here right now, you know, would not be the same person if this pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I grew in a lot of ways this year that were necessary. 
um, and I'm changing in a way that's necessary. But at the same exact time, it is a little hard to grasp because you're still kind of reflecting on what it was before the change a little bit. Um, In what regard? So, I mean, like a lot of times, a lot of times, like I'll sit and like what and think about like what we were doing at this time last year and like all the, you know, for example, we were gearing up for all the Christmas parties and we were getting ready for New Year's. And <laughs> anytime I ever think back and I look on pictures, like the little Jaws theme is going on in my head, like dun 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 leading up to the pandemic oh my God. because we had no clue what was going to happen. Yeah, we literally didn't. But what's interesting is like when I look on it, especially in the holiday season, and we talked about it last episode, the things we don't miss. I look at it and I'm like, wow, look at how much money I'm not spending by buying a new outfit for every holiday party. Like I see it in such a different light of mm-hmm. like, wow, I actually don't miss that. Like it was fun in the moment and in the time, but. I feel like the way I've kind of evolved over the last few months with just how I've I've had to with my industry, with my life, with my personal shit, it, it's almost like a, wow, this year was the best thing that ever happened to me mm-hmm. in the sense of like, I had a lot of tough realizations. And a lot of my tough realizations was like, I was spending my money um, way too excessively on things that I didn't need. And I look back on it and I'm like, Sure, yeah, I have a great memory, but I remember how stressed out I was then. Like, yeah, I look happy in the picture because who doesn't smile for a picture? But it's also like there was so much stress. There was stress with like traveling for the holidays last year, making sure my flights weren't going to be expensive. There was stress in, in, and I call it good stress. This is like healthy stress where it's like I have all of these holiday parties to go to and all of these people to see and I want to see them all, but I need to do it in a way that makes it right. Those are like the good stressors. Mm -hmm. That's like the fun stuff to stress about. And I actually don't miss the fun stuff to stress about because I just haven't had to do it all year. Yeah. You know, it's been more of a thing of like, I'm more stressed about going outside and being with people who I haven't either hasn't been in my bubble or hasn't been quarantining or hasn't been tested, that type of stress. And it's just made me evaluate things so differently. Like I, I see it so much clearer now for the first time in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I see, I see where you're coming from. Um, And it's, it's different for everybody. I'm not saying mine is the right way. Or yours is the wrong way at all. It's just you have to go with what happens to you and you kind of have a choice. And I saw this on an Instagram post today, which um, was like, wow, I need to talk about this, about how the best form of change and growth for ourselves is when we unlearn how to do something that no longer serves us. And it really stuck with me because it went on in the post to explain how when somebody says, that's just the way that I am um, means a couple different things. One, that person does not want to be a better human. And it said this in the post. It was like that person doesn't know what it means to grow mentally or personally or grow a connection with somebody else. And it really stuck with me of like, wow, I know so many people who say, well, that's just the way that I am. And I'm like, no, it shouldn't be just the way that you are. If it's something that's toxic to another person, why aren't you Why aren't you going to change it? Yeah, that, that strikes me as odd that somebody is just like, oh, well, well you have that's, to, just, that's just it. That's you just have who to, I am. You have to think about it if you were in their shoes, because there were moments where I used to do that as well. Like, I used to be really... 
I and I still am bad with my phone. Don't get me wrong. And I used to always say, oh, that's just the way that I am. I never really text people back. But I kind of realized that was hurting people. If somebody was sitting around waiting for a text, if we were talking about something that was really deep or personal to them, or they were maybe in a rut and I just wouldn't text them back, like that's something I can change. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily being on my phone more. It's more if I see the text message, I respond to it right when I see it. Whereas before I used to see the text message and then just wait forever and then eventually forget to respond. And I used to say, oh, that's just the way that I am. I don't do that anymore. I text as soon as I see a text message now. And if I see a phone call coming in on my phone, I answer it now. And I've noticed a huge change in my relationships because of it. Like, I am talking to Kadisha Nia so much more than I ever would have before. I'm talking to our friends Canty and Connor a lot more because of it instead of just, like, holding and waiting out. Um, and that was something that was really... It, it does it. It sounds like it might not be difficult to do, but it was difficult for me to do. No, I completely understand. Uh, I'm such a hands off person when it comes to technology that I don't want to be on my phone. So for me, that was in my head like, oh, that's just the way that I am. I don't ever want to be on my phone. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely understand where you're coming from because I'm sometimes I can be like really great at getting back to people right away. And then there are other times where I'm just like. I see the message, but I'm just not ready to respond yet. Like, I'm just like mentally, I'm not ready to have a full conversation yet. Yeah. Um, or like, it's I just, feel that. you I know, feel that. or I'm just like, I'm too overwhelmed by everything else going on that I can't, you know, divide my attention even more to have another conversation with somebody. I mean, mm -hmm. unless it is like really important. Like if my mom is texting me about something or, you know, you have an emergency or, Something like that. But if it's somebody, you know, just going like, hey, like I might I may take a little bit to text them back because I just want to give them better attention later on when I do have that time to give it to them. So I used to do that, too. And I had a really good session with my therapist two weeks ago where it just like what she told me like really stuck. And I've been trying this year really hard to change my boundaries and really establish what those are without um, without it hurting me because before my boundaries were hurting me and mm -hmm. I didn't know that before. And now in, in my session with her, when I was talking to her about that in that same feeling, she goes, you know, you can just tell them you, you don't have the attention span to talk to them right now. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, well, you can text them. Hey, thanks for reaching out to me. So great to hear from you. I am not really in a headspace right now to, talk to people and I'm taking a day to myself. I will talk to you tomorrow, but I just can't right now. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I like that. I feel like that comes off wrong. So I tested it out with someone who I don't really talk to too often. They reached out to me and I just wasn't in the right headspace to talk to them. I had uh, other stuff going on, personal stuff. And I decided to do that. And they said, hey, no problem. Let me know when's a good time for you. Um, I'll be around all day tomorrow. And I was like, wow. Like okay, that wow. actually worked and they respected me for it and it felt really good. Yeah. Cause like I, cause I was sitting here thinking, man, I feel like that would only work best with like some people, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know if it's some people. I think what it shows, cause I've tried it on a couple of different people now since I've tried that. And it actually shows you who that person is to you. And it shows that value to them. And this is what my therapist was talking to me about with is that 
you really want to surround yourself with people who are open to change and not afraid of it. And if you do something like that, like something very small, it doesn't have to be a big grand gesture. It just has to be one little small thing to kickstart it. It shows you how they value you as well. And this showed me that I know who actually cares about my mental well-being and versus mm-hmm. those who don't. And I, I'm not saying I do this all the time now, but if I am in a headspace where I know I can't really speak to somebody or just speak to people in general, I've tried to voice that now. And it's been so therapeutic for me because it makes me have this almost, um, I don't want to say I don't give a fuck attitude, but like it's it's more like an eye-opening experience for me, at least, where I can see how other people value others. Yeah. And if somebody is really being selfish or only reaching out because they need something rather than they just want to talk to you and connect with you type of a thing. Yeah. I think I think that's pretty good. I'm honestly probably going to start doing that myself. There's nothing wrong with it at all whatsoever. Like you have to take time for yourself and you also don't want to push people away to do it. So it's like, why not at least try something? And I've noticed this professionally, at least with my industry, a lot, which is I know what we want to talk about today. So I want to I do want to jump into it. But um, not just the corporate world has has changed a lot, but advertising has changed immensely because of it. Like, I remember people used to say, oh, that's just the way that it is when it came if you were buying TV, if you were buying digital, if you were buying radio, whatever it may have been. And now we're kind of put in this position to accept whatever's being thrown at us because if something's not working, we have to find a way to change it because two days from now, it could be a completely different world. It could be a completely different space. We don't know. There's this new area of uncertainty when it comes to the professional world. And I've really seen my industry adapt to it in a way that I don't think would have ever happened naturally before. And you're seeing a lot of people get weeded out because of it. What do you mean? So, for example, everybody used to say in the corporate world, and especially in TV, you could never work from home. That used to be what people would say. Or they would say, oh, if you work from home, your VPN will just never work. The company doesn't really invest in it. Um, It's just the way that it is. Now, our IT um, support is completely remote because it had to be. And they found new ways to assist people with that stuff. So nobody can just say, oh, VPN is the way that it is. No, because we have to we have to have it to be able to get into the systems and do what we got to do that's confidential. And now before it was like um trying to think of another good example i know because a lot of people don't know how the ad industry works well not it's not even like the ad industry i'm more talking about corporate like advert like it just kind of all bubbles together right like before you used to never be able to approach people because of offices or where they sat in an office there used to be this fear to talk to people but now you can't just say, oh, you can't go and talk to that person because of X, Y, and Z. That's just the way that it is. Um, now, if you need to talk to somebody, you can just ping them. Just leave a little ping. Leave a little chat. Like There are so many new things that have come about this that have almost taken down those old school barriers and those class barriers between positions, between departments especially. If you need something, access is a lot easier Um 
access to others and access to the things that you need are a lot easier than the way it was before. Because I remember just even trying to talk to clients to get something, they'd be like, oh, no, you can't reach out to them because they're busy. And it's like, no, well, I know what they're doing. They're all working from home. It's not like we're commuting. It's not like we're driving to and from work. It's not like we're doing something. (laughs) It's sad to say it's not (laughs) like we're doing something that's like a barrier that we're not doing something that would be a barrier to us now. There used to be a lot of physical barriers that have literally been taken down because we had no other choice. Now, are you worried that that might make you too accessible to people? No, because that's where you have to establish your boundaries. There are new boundaries that we have to establish because before, and this was anybody that I knew, I was always a person like, I'm going to leave work at work. When I come home, I come home. So now it's really learning how to build up new boundaries because I know for a fact working from home is never going to go away again because so many people have seen it been successful over the last couple months and I don't want it to go away. Now it's more a thing of establishing when my work hours are done. Like Mm -hmm. I'll sign back on if there's a true emergency, but I ask people, is this an emergency? Tell me why it's an emergency. Why do you need me to sign back on at 830 at night when I signed off an hour ago? You know, you have to be able to establish that otherwise people are just going to use and abuse you. Before, people could do the same thing of using and abuse you by forcing you to stay at the office. You know, it's the the same principle is there. It's just presented in a new situation. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, I mean, I obviously don't understand how corporate was before because I was not in a corporate job before. Uh, but it is interesting to see how um, you and Kelsey have adapted to your industry and working from home and just kind of being able to witness some of the stuff that you guys go through. Um. Well, I think, I think the problem was you had a lot of people in a really older generation who are in these really high positions. They're your VPs, they're your COOs, your CFO, CEOs, whatever. And they were so used to one way of working because that's just been the way – that's just been how it has been for the last 30, 40 years. But now every single thing had to change. And if your industry didn't change with it, you were left behind. Mm-hmm. It's just what it was. Like even in advertising, there's always been this kind of battle between TV and digital because TV has been – the shiny new form of advertising since like the 50s, right? And digital's only been around for 20 years, so we still don't know a ton about it and there's still so much changing with digital, but because everybody was forced to be home, digital has become everything. Like I see new ads online for companies that I never saw before because most people now don't really have cable subscriptions. Mm-hmm. It's just not a thing. You have Hulu, you have Netflix, you have Peacock, you have Tubi, you have Roku, you have whatever streaming service out there. So we've been forced to get creative. We've been forced to figure out new ways to uh, to reach people. And I can't divulge too much into it because uh, confidentiality clauses. Yeah. <laughs> but... What we are seeing is a huge shift of people going over to digital and trying to find ways that are not necessarily intrusive because everybody knows all the intrusive shit. Like, for example, if you don't think that your phones or devices are listening to you, you are wrong. There are companies out there. You can research them that do this. Like, 
I think we talked about it before in an episode where we used to play a game when we were drunk and like yell brands into our phone microphones and like then go on Instagram and swipe and to see if you would get the brand within three swipes. And if you did, you had to drink. <laughs> um, but now you're you're seeing a whole new era of buying because and you're seeing a whole new era of ads like some for the better, some for the worse. We were talking about it the other day when we were all waiting for our COVID test. Every single commercial we saw was like in these unprecedented times. And I'm like, mm, skip, get out of here. I'm tired of hearing about this. But now we're seeing it. We're not seeing like an ad become necessarily more personal to like our likes and dislikes, but more personal to our situations. Yeah, because we're in a very interesting time where everybody's in the same situation for the first time ever people of any class can relate to a struggle of some sort somebody can go to a stranger and be like wow i really miss commuting or like wow i really miss this aspect of something and you would almost have at least one or two things in common with someone who you would have never had in common with before (sighs) these are just weird times man i mean so the fitness industry is the yeah, other one we wanted to yeah, talk about. Yeah, I was, about. I was just been, about to say, like that's been a huge change. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of a lot of fitness has gone either virtual or you know we're doing outdoor or, um, I mean, yeah. So they're they're changing in that capacity. Well, um, I feel like outdoor has been a thing. It just wasn't as like widely popular. Yeah, I mean, outdoor fitness blew up, especially in the city. Like people wanted to do their outdoor fitness classes. I know Soul Cycle they set up bikes outside. I think Rumble was doing um, uh, classes on top of a building. They were. Uh, they were doing it on a rooftop. I think Orange Theory, one of the locations was doing them, I think, in Central Park or one of the park areas in the Upper West. Well, so, I used to see personal trainers out of Carl Schultz Park right along the east side, like all working out there with clients and like yeah. bringing equipment with them. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I have a lot of fitness friends who they are either... They're they're doing virtual training like through uh, through Zoom or whatever, um, or they're actually going to their clients' homes. Yeah, um, or they are taking them outside. Uh, for me personally, this has been a little bit of a struggle because uh, I was going into 2020 and I was wanting to take a focus more on group fitness. I had tried the personal training thing and. While I enjoyed training the clients, what really was the big struggle for me with personal training was where I was working. I was working for a Globo gym is what we're going to call it. And there were a lot of pressures and demands for certain sales goals. And it was taking away what I wanted to do with fitness. Mm -hmm. You know, like I... Like, I don't like the idea of forcing people to, you know, train with me just so I can get their money. Like, if you want to train with me, then we'll do this. But you have to want to do it. I'm not going to force you to do it. Um, So I and also um, with personal training, it was it's it it's not always the most stable because you have to have the clients. So for me, I was making the switch back to group training because that was more stable um, and with that, there was not the pressure on me to make these sales. I could just go in, you know, teach the people who wanted to be taught, help the people who wanted my help. Um, and then I could go. Um, and that kind of that that kind of fucked me a little bit uh, because when the pandemic did hit, 
you know, I didn't have clients that I could train. Right. Um, so I truly became unemployed. And, you know, all summer I was kind of under this uh, pretense that, you know, oh, fitness will get back to what it was. We'll have classes again. Like, it's going to be okay. And then got back to the city and Meredith Blasio was like, yeah, gyms can open, but you just can't have class, which still doesn't make sense to me to this day. Um so, you know, a lot of places are doing virtual fitness, but what kind of hinders me is the space that I'm in. You know, I'm not in the right space to do virtual fitness. And then there is that component that I kind of agree with kind of with your dad, where when you're not in the same room as them, I just there's there's that component that is missing. And I can't put the right name on the component, but it's like. If I'm there in the room with them, I can see all angles of how they're moving Mm -hmm. and I can really correct them. And like I can use more than just words like I can actually point things out with my hands and really get them to understand the way that they need to Mm -hmm. move. Um, So and I mean, with with the way that this fitness industry is changing, I mean, on the other hand, I think it's great because it's made it very attainable for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I know for myself, I'm working out a lot more than I did before covid yeah i'm doing a lot more because it's easier for me i can't give the excuse anymore of like oh i have to get all the way down 20 blocks to go to my gym or i have to go outside i don't have to go outside to work out anymore the only time i do is when i i go to scott's and we actually do some of the virtual fitness classes together now Mm -hmm. and And i i think i think that's really great this is Um, for scott this is the first time he's ever really been wanting to work out and willing to do it and that's something that would have never happened before and that's that's absolutely amazing because during these times especially you got to keep yourself moving um you know it's a great stress reliever but also just keeping yourself moving keeps the body healthy keeps you be able to fight all these outside things going on um so yeah and i mean i the fitness industry has also made it so people who don't have any equipment at all in their homes they know these movements that they can now do they can now work out without needing weights or anything like that which i think is absolutely wonderful and i am very happy that a lot of people like you and scott are able to do this now for me personally i am a little bit sad because i do miss being able to teach my classes and be in like a class setting. So do you think those are going away completely or will they come back? I, I don't think they're going to come back for a long time, at least not in New York city. I know there are a lot of other cities out there that are currently doing classes. Um, right now, New York city. I I mean, they're technically still here in New York. They're outdoors though. They're, they're outdoors. So yeah, I mean, But what I was going to say is just the fitness industry in general. um, I don't I don't see it going not to say that what is currently going on right now is not good. Like, it's totally great that the fitness industry is still able to, uh, you know, keep going. Uh, But it isn't what it was before. And I don't see it getting back to that capacity anytime soon because there's also i guess my question is do you think the change is negative or more positive um i think there's positives and negatives to it so positive in the sense of yes it's more accessible to people through their homes if it's virtual in that capacity 
negative for actual physical gyms because I am seeing firsthand that there are a lot of people who are scared to come into the gyms and the studios. And I mm-hmm. completely understand the fear. I get it. Like, I'm starting to get anxious about it myself. Yeah. Um, it's just a thing. I haven't seen it happen in New York and I've seen it happen in other states. Unfortunately, when people are going into a gym, people are getting COVID from it. I know firsthand with friends who tried to start going back to a gym and each one of them got COVID again. And that's a fear that we see. Yeah. So, and I mean, right now, the fitness industry in New York City with these cases that I'm sorry, I saw the people testing last week. It's inevitable. These cases are going to rise. Um, you know, you just have more people testing. Uh, there's more chances of getting positive cases. Well, and also these think... people traveled. These people traveled. And I, I just... I don't think the case positivity... It's I don't. I don't believe in the statement of like, Oh, because more people are getting tested, there's naturally going to be more positive cases. I don't think it's that. I I think it's a couple different factors. I think, one, this virus is acting like the flu where it's just dormant for certain months. And two, we have more people staying inside and in close quarters with each other. So if if one person goes out and then comes back home and is with four, five, six, or seven other people, it is a lot more likely for you to get it in that because we're just in... It, it sounds weird to say we're in most cl- close quarters with each other because people are staying home, but that's how a lot of people are getting it, unfortunately. And what I've seen is like it only takes one person to not follow the guidelines or the restrictions going on, and then you come back home and you infect a building, you infect multiple other apartments. Like I, I don't think it's a thing of like – I don't want to condone that because that statement has been debunked of like, oh, the more – people are testing the more chances it is for positivity i mean but still like people travel for the holidays they're gonna travel for the holidays we already talked about this when you travel there you you do uh risk that chance of getting it thankfully they're low risk now because a lot of airlines are adapting to hospital grade filters in their aircrafts which is great which means there's more circulation and airflow but obviously when you take public transportation when you travel in an airport there is that natural risk yeah. I mean, but still, regardless, like, I mean, call me pessimistic here, but I, I, I can, like, I can feel it that, you know, uh, Cuomo is going to shut down, uh, salons. He's going to shut down the gyms. He's, it, it's going to happen. You know, he, he shut down the schools. Um, it sucks to say. Um, but yeah. So, you know, when, when we look at that, I mean, that's shitty for the people who actually physically, own gyms and you know they're running these gyms especially these private gyms like one of the gyms i was working for pre-covid it was a privately owned gym and they they only made it one month through uh the pandemic and then they shut down and like these are people's livelihoods and that's what breaks my heart but on the other end of the spectrum like i understand why people are afraid to go in i do i completely get it so here's my question then for you because i do think not every industry can adapt don't get me wrong not every industry can but i do think both of ours can do you think that the reason a lot of uh fitness privately owned fitness groups have shut down is because of their unwillingness to change <sighs> well that is a good question because I wouldn't say that there's an unwillingness to change. Okay. Because um, I, I have my own answer for advertising, but I'll let you go first. <sighs> what I want to say is the way 
in which they could change, I guess, is maybe what I want to say here. Because when I when I think of who I'm working for now, it's not like they don't want to change. Like there there are definitely things that um, they can do, but I feel like there's still this holding out for what it was or getting back to what it was because who I'm working for, um, they are a global brand. So they do have other locations uh, that are running at regular what it was before, I guess mm-hmm. I should say. Uh, but where I'm working, it is privately owned. Right. So the private owners, they do have their own way of doing it. Um, I mean, it's it, it's difficult to say. Um, and I mean, personally, like I've been having a lot of difficulties and just trying to evaluate like my own place in mm-hmm. the fitness industry um so yeah i don't know like i'm i'm sorry i'm kind of i'm really struggling with That's my okay. industry right now so like yeah. i don't have the best answer for this you don't have to have it's not like it's a the best or the worst answer it's just your answer i think in my industry it is a direct relation to people unwilling to change there were so many layoffs in the advertising world that was unheard of agencies were getting shut down And there was a huge unwillingness from a lot of executives from taking the pay cuts that they needed to take from finding ways to actually make sure their employees were safe. I mean, my company was very, we got very, very lucky. We had a lot of execs who did take pay cuts. They did figure out ways to keep as many employees as we could. My agency was actually um, one of five agencies who had the least amount of layoffs. But there was an agency, they're a global brand, they laid off 48,000 people and they didn't have to do that. You know what could have happened? Their CEO could have taken a pay cut, but he didn't. And that to me is just like, it blows my mind because it's so selfish. And that's the way I'm trying to get it is like, there are, are options that you have when it comes to change. And I do believe there are changes that make a positive impact and changes that make a negative impact. Some of which you can see right ahead, like, oh, I know if I change this way, it's going to get me to this outcome. And I know if I change this way, it's going to get me to this outcome. But then there's a lot of changes where you don't know what the outcome is going to be. You can't really predict it. And mm-hmm. I think that's the situation we're faced with right now is we don't oh. know a lot of the outcomes when it does come to that change, mm-hmm. especially when it came to a lot of executives in my industry for taking those pay cuts, because it does become a thing of a lifestyle factor of like, will I be able to afford the life that I live? Will I be able to put food on the table? I mean, these big execs, like, don't get me wrong. They would definitely be able to put food on mm-hmm. the fucking table. They have so much money up the wazoo. It's kind of like, take it for the people who are on the low end of the spectrum and nowhere even near six figures. Um, I, I do think though, as long as you are trying to change and you're really going for it, then you're doing the best outcome, whether it does, whether it's an outcome, you know, or an outcome you don't know. But I think that, and I hope after we get a vaccine and we're in the clear for a little bit until the next one, that these changes do stick. I do hope that people keep some of those old negative barriers that used Mm -hmm. to be there. I hope those are taken away. I do hope that a lot of um fitness studios and whatnot still offer a virtual yeah. thing like i i do like that th- option you know i do i think i think it's really great because like i i have done some of the workouts from home you know because i don't want to pay for a gym you yeah, know that's a like, huge expense especially yeah. in the city city prices for gyms oh, are yeah. insane so why am i going to spend 
a monthly membership $250 when that's $250 of groceries. Yeah. I'd rather like look for a free workout online or pay for a $10 class instead of a $30 class. Yeah. So, yeah. Me personally, I yes, the fitness industry has changed in maybe I needed it to change that I can reevaluate my own place in it and what I wanted to do with it. And it's not to say that, you know, I'm stuck in a spot where I can't do anything. Like there are other options that I can look into, but I also have to think about what's going to be the best option for me. And I know that I'm not the only person out there who might've been working in an industry that just abruptly changed and it's just not serving you the way that it did before. Well, that's what change does is it presents this new situation and you either go with it or you get out of it. There's Mm -hmm. really no other option. You can sit and rumble with it for God knows how long, but you really have two options Mm -hmm. when there's a new thing happening and you know, most likely it's going to stick. Yeah. So I feel like, Right now, going into the new year, uh, a lot of things are going to change for me. Um, Mm -hmm. Breaks my heart to say I don't know if I'll stay in the fitness industry. I love it. Don't get me wrong. It's like my heart and soul. Time will tell. And I never want to truly let it go. Uh, But I'm also at a place where I need to start figuring out, okay, is this going to serve me for the next 20, 30 years or... You know, is there a different path that I can take maybe that is going to help me? Maybe out? it's like being a part of it in a new way that you haven't seen before. Maybe yeah. it's doing something different and still in that industry. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's one of those things where we live in an era where a lot of people don't have a job for 20, 30 years. And that's OK. It's OK to change industries. It's OK to change your job because of a new situation that's presented itself, especially with this. I know so many people who have completely changed careers. Oh, yeah. For the better. Yeah. You know, that's that's the beauty of this is change isn't always bad. It may seem like a lot of hurt and a lot of negative and a lot of disappointment when it happens because we're so used to saying that's just the way that it is. But I really hope and encourage people to take on the new thinking of it's okay that it's not the way that it is because it served its purpose in its time. And now we get to see something in a new time, in a new era, Mm -hmm. in a new way that could serve us so much better than before. Yeah. I mean, now, now is the time for us to really sit down and think about, you know, how this past year is going to affect the next five, 10 15, 20 years, because as much as we may crave it and want it, the world is not going to go back to what it was in 2019. And I hope it doesn't. There's, there, I there, hope it doesn't. There's going to be things that are just going to stay sticking around. And this is the new world that we live in. Obviously, we're not going to be indoors forever. But right. But these changes that have happened this year, they're going to stick with us. And now is a really good time to sit down and think, okay, and what is what I'm doing now you know, congruent with all these changes? Am I going to be able to keep up with everything? Or is there something else that I need to do? Or is there something else that I need to change so that I can keep going with the change? Because, and I mean, this, this was a hard, this, this has always been a hard thing for me to grasp that change is constant. That is the only constant is change. Um, And like you said, Alyssa, you can either fight it dig your heels in scream all that good stuff or 
or you kind of go with it. And I'm not saying that going with it is going to be easy. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I think I've cried in the past like two, three weeks a lot, y'all. So like, it's okay. okay. And the, the whole point is though, when I've seen people try and fight it, that's when they've hurt themselves a lot more when they haven't just decided to go with it. They're too afraid to see what will happen to them. And it's usually deep down in your subconscious, you think what will happen to me is going to be bad. And once you lose that thought of this may not be bad, this might actually be really good for me and I should try it. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you can kind of help your anxiety a lot by knowing that you did it and you knew what happened because of it. You knew the outcome because a lot of this comes from anxiety and not knowing what the outcome is going to be. And the new mindset that I've adapted with the help of my therapist is if I try it, I will know the outcome. I don't have to guess. I don't have to sit around and create 20,000 different scenarios. So I might as well just give it a fucking go. Yeah. Like the great, uh, like a great warrior once said. (sighs) Oh, my God. What are you about? Go ahead. Do or do not. There is no try. Who that? Yoda. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. And on that note, (laughs) I think we can end it right there. Uh, well this was good this was good i hope it was therapeutic for you it was therapeutic for me i hope that anybody who is listening to this episode right now if you are struggling don't worry you are not alone and any changes that you're going through you're gonna get through it Mm -hmm. and you're gonna come out uh, you're gonna come out the other side a greater person for it just know that hell yeah you're gonna be bigger better stronger wiser smarter smarter (laughs) Uh, and on that note i think we're good to wrap things up here thank you guys again for tuning in to another episode once again my name's Alyssa. i am sabrina thanks for keeping it together with us this week and we'll see you back next week for episode 3.18 keeping it together i'm sure it's what it takes to stop me going under stop the